Hi there, welcome back. Let's see what's going on on Mars Touch. Get caught up on the news. Oh, the new Smith. I got receipts. Your toast. Jack Smith drops a hammer on Trump. A new gag order filing. Ha <laughs> ha. Six hours ago. It doesn't matter if How about you're dead fucking broke, jail time, job, bitches? You can't read. Any American can get six thousand four hundred. Jack Smith files his response now to the gag order brief that Donald Trump is bringing in Washington, D.C., where he has been very, very low-level restricted on certain things he can say. He can't threaten people. Judge Tanya Chetkin in the D.C. election interference case in his, in his attempting to steal the election case, uh, after many, many, many threats, she imposed a very limited gag order on Donald Trump. Uh, but he's appealing that. He is there are arguments before the D.C. Circuit, which goes federal district court in Washington, D.C. is Tanya Chutkin. When you want to appeal something, she does. It goes to a certain circuit court, and it's the D.C. Circuit. That's that's where you where Washington, D.C. sits. And then after that, it's the Supreme Court of the United States of America, and that's how you go up the chain in Washington, D.C. But Jack Smith today filed his appellate brief in this D.C. Circuit, where he seeks a, um, where Donald Trump has sought a review of Chutkin's gag order, which is on pause, by the way. It's on pause while they litigate this because there's so many important issues that are at play. This is involving the First Amendment and free speech. So Jack Smith and the special counsel's office, they, uh, they filed a 67-page um, brief, a legal brief, and the way they phrased the question before the court was, did, ju did Judge Chutkin permissibly issue an order under Local Criminal Rule 57.7, Subdivision C, prohibiting parties and their counsel from making extrajudicial statements, meaning outside of court statements, targeting certain trial participants while expressly leaving the defendant free to make statements criticizing the government generally, including the current administration or the DOJ, statements asserting that the defendant's innocent of the charges against him or that the prosecution is politically motivated, or statements criticizing the campaign platforms or policies of defendants' current political rivals. So, so in the question before the court, Jack Smith clearly, clearly lays out what the issue is. It's was Judge Chutkin permiss did she permissibly issue an order under this this criminal this local criminal rule that is so narrowly tailored that it only prohibits parties and their counsel from making these statements about just targeting trial participants. And it expressly allows him to make other statements. So where we are, again, don't forget, this is the case where we have one defendant, Donald Trump, many unindicted co-conspirators, but only one defendant and four charges, right? And, and Trump is not charged with incitement to insurrection under 18 United States Code 2382 for January 6th, right? He's not, he's not charged Why with not? the Insurrection Act. But the indictment clearly holds him responsible for the events of January 6th, where lives were lost and blood was shed, etc. And people's lives were in danger. So, so that's the case. Can I file the insurrection? About, right, because there's another gag order in, uh, in a civil case, right, where in the... There's that civil case going on right now in Judge Arthur and Guan's courtroom where um, Trump was threatening court staff and, and 
I shouldn't, shouldn't say he was threatening them, but he was making statements about them that caused threats to be made about the court staff. He was harassing them. And, um, and he's already violated. How about it? I'm Kispery for asking the judge for a court order psychiatric evaluation. Violated it twice and been uh, sanctioned, found not credible and fined. But so this is not his only gag order, but this is the one in federal court. So the trial is set to begin March 4th. Jury selection is going to start February 9th. That is right around the corner. And Judge Chutkin has done a great job at denying all of his requests for delays, all of his mm. attempts for delays. She keeps giving him more of an opportunity when, when he needs it for filing certain motions that he can't get a delay of the trial, which is probably driving him crazy. And frankly, he's escalating his rhetoric, uh, no matter what. It's like it's like an order comes out or a statement comes out, and it's like he gives the middle finger to the court saying, go ahead, try and stop me. I can keep going. So let's keep talking about Jack Smith's brief. Uh, and he basically said that um, he outlines that the judge said that uh, she was committed to ensuring the integrity of the case, but um, must also prevent a carnival atmosphere of unchecked publicity uh, and trial by media rather than trial by an impartial jury. And that, that's the guiding principle behind Judge Chutkin's order. Um, and he also spells out how the judge escalated things, right? First, she issued an, a general admonition or a word of caution uh, to the defendant saying, no, look, we, we have to ensure the orderly administration of justice like any other case. And I'm not going to allow you to intimidate witnesses. But before and after this admonition, the defendant persistently used his social media platform to make comments. And three days after the indictment was issued, he said, if you go that famous quote in all caps with an exclamation mark, if you go after me, I'm coming after you. And he followed through with that by using disparaging inflammatory language to target the court, the special counsel trial witnesses. He called Judge Chutkin a fraud and a hack. He called Jack Smith deranged. He called his, his staff thugs and lunatics called him a crackhead. He accused um, Smith of going to the White House for an improper purpose, even though he knows it's false. It's been proven to be false. And um, he's also called Mike Pence delusional, not a good person. He wants to be uh, show he's a tough guy. He's made stories up about Trump. And he called the former Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, who is a trial witness, by the way, that he should be punished by death. He said Meadows statements were a lie made up only to get immunity and he's a weakling and a coward and that statements were amplified by social media where he boasted on uh, CNN to Caitlin Collins during that town hall that his followers listened to him like nobody else. Okay. And and I had I wrote a piece for MidasTouch.com that had that talks about all of the various I, I, I listed up until that point all of the threats in order that he's been given. If you're interested in going to MidasTouch.com and look under the pieces I've written, look under my name, and you can actually see the dates and the contexts and all the threats that he made, just so we have them all in one place. Jack Smith talked about all of them as well, obviously. Um, so then the day after that, right, the day after uh, she, he was admonished by the court, I'm sorry, the day after the I'm coming after you posting, one of his followers called Judge Chutkin's chambers and said the most absolutely heinous thing, right? Left a message on the, the voicemail saying, called her a stupid slave and word. And if Trump doesn't get elected in 2024, we're coming to kill you. So tread lightly the B word. 
you'll be targeted personally, publicly, and your whole family, all of it. And it was just horrific and heinous, right? As a result of direct result of Trump's statement, it was the next day. Um, Jack Smith also goes on, not by name, he doesn't list anyone by name because he doesn't want to amplify the threats to people. So he calls them all by titles, like he'll say the vice president or the court or the special counsel's office, but it's clear who he's talking about. So so in another portion, he talks about the threats to Ruby Freeman and Shay Moss, again, not by name, but by description, and also outlined how everyone has needed to have additional police protection and security as a result. He goes through this in excruciating detail and cites all the examples of people who are resorting to violence when Trump says things that... Uh, and also that Trump doesn't stop them. He also talks about threats to Alvin Bragg and to Judge Nguyen and Letitia James. So not just this case, he's taking the full body, uh, he's, he's watching what's happening and taking the full body of Donald Trump's threats and, and including them here. So he also goes on to talk about local rule, Jack Smith um, goes on to talk about local rule 57.7 sub C and how that came about is from 1966, the judicial conference, which is the policy rulemaking body of the courts. Um, and it's been blessed by the Supreme Court saying that the courts do have the ability to protect cases and proceedings and balance the First Amendment with uh, fair trials. And so they can govern um, certain extrajudicial statements. The gag order, let's just remember, is very limited, right? The, the government asked for one um, because of the defendant's social media post, and they fell into five categories, right? That, that this Trump's social media post, statements about the D.C. jury pool, statements about Judge about Joe Biden and the Department of Justice, statements about the special counsel and his staff, statements about judges and their staff, and statements about political witnesses. And, and those are the five categories. And the court then limited, his, um, said, look, you know, some of this is fair game, some of it's not, um, and issued a limited gag order. But Jack Smith also cited what Judge Chutkin said when she justified the limited gag order, basically saying that while speech is critical, of the state, while that lies at the heart of the, I'm sorry, while, let me back up, while speech critical of the state lies at the heart of the First Amendment, at some point the defendant's targeted disparagement of government officials can go from permissible criticism to encouraging harm uh, against them. So, and, and he cited when Judge Chuck can explain that targeted disparagement poses a danger even when it doesn't explicitly call for violence, like when King Henry II's remark, quote, no one, will no one rid me of this meddlesome priest, which resulted in Thomas A. Beckett's murder. So, so uh, Smith says here, it's not speculative. There's uncontradicted evidence showing that when the defendant has singled out certain people in public statements in the past, it has led to them being threatened and harassed. So the defendant, Trump, says he, that he should be free to say whatever he wants, no matter whatever he wants, even about court staff, everyone. He says the likelihood of harassment and threats or intimidation are not foreseeable, totally irrelevant, and completely speculative. And that's basically what his position is. And then the court said, look, I'm going in order to safeguard the integrity of the proceedings, it's necessary to impose certain restrictions, but you can still make public statements about the Department of Justice, about Joe Biden. You can even still criticize Pence, but you're going to be limited, right? You're going to be limited in what you can do um, and what you can say. You can't do anything to disrupt these proceedings. So, so there's been a pause in this gag order. And... Um, and, you know, look, it's we'll see what this judge is going to do. But since then, since the pause in the gag order, Trump has called Smith deranged. He's called him crooked. 
He's included his wife and his family, Jack Smith's wife and his family in his attacks. And uh, Trump warned recently that Smith and other Department of Justice officials will end up in a mental institution if Trump is reelected. He called Andrew Weissman, who's a brilliant lawyer, and Lisa Monica, another brilliant lawyer, team of losers and misfits. He also attacked the rest of the radical left zealots, as he calls them, and all. And um, he claims that they've been working illegally for years to take them down, and they will end up suffering a horrible disease, Trump derangement syndrome, in a mental institution. So Smith basically said, gave all, gave the court or the appellate court all that they need in the 67-page um, brief uh, to uphold this order. There was a little bit of um, legal back and forth in there about what test applies to these restrictions on, on the First Amendment, and there's different case law that interprets that. Um, so Smith says the test for these types of restrictions depends on whether the extrajudicial speech poses a, quote, substantial likelihood of material prejudice to the trial. Um, but he also acknowledges that when a person, when, when you try to gag the press, okay, because, you know, the press could say something that poses a substantial likelihood of material prejudice to the trial, there's a different standard because the press, you know, has the right to free speech. It's the, the right of a free press is in the Constitution. And so there, it's a clear and present danger test. It's a higher bar in order to gag the press. And so the defendant says, despite the fact that I'm a trial participant, I think the clear and present danger test should apply to me, not the substantial likelihood of material prejudice. Um, Smith says that under either um, under either standard, Trump has met this this high standard, and you know he just like like I said, he what he does just flies in the face of anybody. He he wants to say the rules don't apply to him, and he does it over and over and over and over again. And he escalates even when he's admonished and even when there are threats. So, so Smith ends this with the district court had the authority to issue an order restricting the defendant's extrajudicial speech based on a finding of a substantial likelihood of material prejudice, but that the court should affirm under either standard, okay, and that the order is necessary and appropriate to ensure a fair trial. The defendant here has a long history of using social media to disparage people and implicitly encourage violence against them, and when he does, harassment and threats follow, and it poses significant immediate risk that witnesses will be intimidated and harassed. Uh, and he, Smith also says defendant doesn't dispute this. By the way, he doesn't dispute any of the facts in his in his um, in his appeal. He just says I'm allowed to do it. He's not saying oh I didn't do these things. He's like I'm allowed to do this. Like f you, I can do whatever I want. So 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 I think like I said, Jack Smith and his um, brilliant team have given the appellate courts enough to justify this very limited gag order. Um, I'll be surprised if they don't don't uphold it, but who knows what the Supreme Court will do when Trump ultimately appeals to them, given the fact that they are um, very far, uh, many of them are very far in his camp. So I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilou. I'm with Legal AF. Join me and my co-host Ben Mizellis and Michael Popak every Wednesday and Saturday. Thanks so much for joining and listening. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. All right, guys. 
This easy ritual has already helped my grandma drop a little over 72 pounds, and it helped balance her blood sugar levels naturally. She's been keeping it to herself for a while to see if it worked, but when she started dropping up to 11 pounds week after week, it started causing quite the buzz among our friends and family. My grandma told us she decided to try it after she saw a couple share their story on the news, and she swears by it to everyone because it's completely changed her life. And I would agree because she looks absolutely stunning and feels better than ever with her healthy blood sugar levels. The video she saw featured multiple stories about how those that tried it were losing the weight so fast and actually keeping it off, they couldn't believe it. It's been featured on ABC, Fox, and NBC a few times already, but the pharmaceutical industry demands to have it taken down because they know it exposes the lies they've been telling us for years. Lucky for you, I saved the exact video where she learned about it below. But hurry up and watch it now, because they keep taking it down for revealing the truth. Check out Tenma's Christmas pre-sale. I can get this trendy bag only for $1.74, with four colors to choose from. Ensuring I stay in line with the latest fashion trends. Grab Christmas pre-sale and shop on Tenma now.